broadcasting live from the beautiful Sheridan Grand at Wild Horse Pass for Conscious Capitalism 2019. It's time for CEO Exclusive. Now, here's your host, Sueni Cope. All right, we're still broadcasting live from the Conscious Capitalism Conference, CEO exclusive, and I am like really, really excited about this interview. This is one of the ones I really wanted, which is the co-chairman of Conscious Capitalism, the national organization, one of the, the founder of the Container Store, and kind of, you know, one of the fathers of this whole movement. Hmm. Um, and so I am really excited to speak to him because not only is he a CEO, but he's been a mid-market CEO, and he has used these principles in growing his business. And so Kip Tyndall is the interview for our segment. Kip, I'm so glad to have you. Well, so happy to be here. Thank you. Thanks so, for saying all those nice things about me. Can you say them all again? No. <laughs> sure. Well, it's recorded. It's recorded. Not only are we doing it live, it's recorded. So Just you could, kidding. We'll have, it, have a um, recording to you next week. Here's the question that I have that I think, um, you know, the, there are only a few people who are positioned to answer. So you have the 10,000 foot, you know, 100 year view of conscious capitalism. Where do you think we are in like the growth of this movement? You can just speak to the U.S. because we don't know what's going on necessarily in other parts of the world. But where are we? Do you think? We're, we're at a really great uh, place finally after maybe... 13 or 14 years of sort of organized uh, work on conscious capitalism, starting with just a, hand, a couple of handfuls of people in Austin, Texas. Um, there's, no, there's no skepticism anymore. At, at first, it was a little embarrassing. I mean, you would get together with Wall Street people, and they'd roll their eyes and think that you were, like, talking about kumbaya. Or, but now, now almost everybody, uh, particularly every sophisticated business person, understands that the Really, the stakeholder model uh, is a far better way of doing business, even if all you want to do is make more money faster than the shareholder supremacy model, which is kind of sort of the basis, I, I feel, of conscious capitalism. So uh, capitalism is great. It's, it's served the world very, very well. But it's, it's, gotten, a, it's gotten a little bit, oh, it's, it's morphed a little bit. It's, the pendulum has swung. It's not practiced exactly the same way as it was in the 30s and 40s. And it's, it's gotten, uh, uh, it, it, it needs to be tweaked or changed, just like, a, uh, just like anything needs to be tweaked or changed uh, occasionally. And I think most people understand that. It, it definitely needs to be more inclusive. Um, uh, leading with love is, is, is better than leading with fear. Um, 23 of the Fortune 500 CEOs are women. Uh, uh, that's ridiculous. I mean, we, we, we need a little bit less testosterone-overdosed form of capitalism. Conscious capitalism really attacks short-termism on Wall Street. And a short, If you and I had a farm, and all we cared about was the production of that farm this quarter or this year, the farm wouldn't be any good in, in as little as five years. The same with you know, having the CEO stewardship of a, 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 of a company. But the demands that are made by, by Wall Street and some uh, equity holders force CEOs and management teams to to operate that way. And conscious capitalism is saying, no, if you'll be a little bit more patient, there's a better way, and you, you shareholder, will get a, a better return, plus it'll be better for the, um, you know, for the employee, the vendor, the community, the environment. And so it's, it's not only a way of, of running an organization that enriches your life and the lives of the people you do business with, um, if all you want to do is make more money as rapidly as possible, I would submit to you this is the way to do it. And I think everybody's starting to see that. And so uh, the best way 
My, my personal opinion is that the, the straightest line between where we are in a better world is, is, is by making the world of business better because business is so powerful from little bitty micro, you know, single woman enterprises in Africa to the giant, you know, Fortune 50 companies. Um, um, we human beings, for some reason, focus more on business than just about anything else. Your self-esteem is, is, is more caught up in what you do for a living than anything else. It's not necessarily the way it should be, but it is. Right. So by reforming business or making business, which is good, even better, uh, I think you wind up with a better world, and that's, that's what we're doing, and we're on our way. Yeah. I can't tell you the difference in the past decade in terms of the acceptance of all these crazy-sounding things that are no longer crazy-sounding. So I, one, of, one of my hypotheses is that mid-market CEOs are likely to be one of the places where, that are going to spur adoption of these principles. And so part of our goal with CEO Exclusive is making sure every single mid-market CEO in the country, there are about 645,000 of them, knows about these principles and is using them in their business. So for me, the, this thing about full adoption is some of what we're about. And so what are your thoughts on how contest capitalism and kind of the pool of people that I know you're starting to pull together, Kip, in some of the remarks you made the last time I saw you, you were talking about pulling everybody together, all the different disparate organizations into one cohesive movement. What are your thoughts on achieving full adoption? Like, how do you see these different groups, the Just Capital, uh, you know, B Corp, Conscious Capitalism, the, you know, Conscious Business Show, all these things, how do you see everybody pulling together now to push this thing together? Well, it's happening. Um, you know, Lady Lynn Rothschild's Inclusive Capitalism and Jay Cohn Gilbert and his partners, uh, uh, B Corp and uh, Richard Branson's uh, B Team and all these wonderful organizations that pretty well f- are trying to do the same thing. We can focus on how different we are, but actually we're pretty much exactly the same. I joke that we're like the Texas Baptists, the, the conservative Baptist, Texas Baptists don't really get along with the moderate ones. I'm like, you're both Texas Baptists. Just hold hands. You know, you're, you're, you want the same thing. And so if you study uh, movements throughout history, uh, uh, civil rights or anything else, when the different organizations came together and worked more as a cohesive force, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that, that scaled the movement more quickly. And so it's been kind of a passion of mine, uh, particularly know. for the last two years, to do exactly that. And uh, with or without me or us or anybody else, it's just happening spontaneously almost all of a sudden. Various organizations are getting together with various other organizations and forming little coalitions. And so we're all going, okay, this is great. It's happening. Um, how are we going to harness this or should we harness it or should we? Uh, should it be a bunch of different uh, groups of these organizations or one? And who's going to lead it? Do we need a leader? And we're all trying to figure that out right now. But um, I think you'll see some evidence of all this in the uh, you know in the next in the next year and it's happening beautifully spontaneously to the extent that those of us that thought that we had something to do with sort of halfway leading it or or just kind of watching it happen <laughs> you know we don't know all the answers and I think that that's uh, what happens when something is it, the time is really here it's spontane at a grassroots level almost uh, this group doesn't talk to that group but they're still uh, wanting to come together and I think that will help. we're talking about changing the world here with this great movement of conscious capitalism or whatever you want to call it. And um, in order for that to take place on a global basis and preferably in our lifetimes, um, these people coming together, that's just going to help matters greatly. So I'm, I'm thrilled with that. 
and I'm thrilled with the acceptance of um, the whole movement, if you will. I mean, heck, I, I pitched uh, conscious capitalism to Donald Trump the other day, and I'm not a fan, but he, he said he agreed with it. And then, you know, I mean, I've always spent a lot of time with um, um, some of the Democrats, and they love it. And so I think it's a both sides of the aisle sort of uh, uh, everybody uh, movement, and uh, I'm optimistic that we're making very fast pro progress and, and that these groups coming together and realizing that they're wanting the same thing will simply expedite that further. What do you say to the folks that have a critique of capitalism? So one of the things that I think has come up in the recent years, this thing about socialism, it's kind of enter entered the public discourse where there's statistics that say that the wealth inequality in the United States is the worst that it's been since the Great Depression and that you can't, you know, if you have a certain kind of full-time job, you still can't live a life that's dignified. You have to have three full-time jobs in order to just get by. And people say, or, you know, the things with the environment, right, the overuse and overconsumption of environmental resources. And people say, well, you know, that's capitalism's fault. Look at that, you know. What do you say to those people who have this critique of capitalism that says that, you know, there are, that some of the things we're experiencing now are actually a byproduct of capitalism? It's a, by, it's a byproduct of capitalism um, being practiced in the way that it's increasingly practiced in this country and the world, which is, uh, frankly, a bit of a bastardization of the way it was practiced in this, company, in this country in the 40s and 50s. It was more purely capitalism, kind of like um, <clears throat> the movie It's a Wonderful Life, where mm. George Bailey and the Savings and Loan, you know, the whole town rallied to his support, right? They loved him, and it was... Um, it was very much more of a stakeholder I model. I did too. It was my favorite movie. And, you know, and he learned just how important he was to his community, right? He didn't realize that at first. And so uh, it's, it's not a fairy tale. I mean, uh, capitalism does an awful lot of good for the world. And um, the, the short-termism uh, and the narrow focus of the shortest-term shareholders and their uh, overt increase in influence and power, if you will, have, have caused the, the practice of capitalism to change, I think, a little bit for the worst. And I think that those very people and, and, and everybody else are realizing that it does have to be more stakeholder modelish. It does have to be more inclusive. It has to, uh, w capitalism that works for everybody. Uh, and that, ironically, works better in the long run for even the shareholder, you know? And, and um, the, the shareholder doesn't do well when employees are, 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 are disengaged, you know, they don't, uh, uh, if you focus solely on the shareholder, the magic's lost and the uh, vendors and the employees don't cooperate as much. So uh, the companies that are gaining the most market share now are creating win-win-win synergies. Um, I won't get into specific examples, but some airlines do that more than other airlines. Some grocery stores do that more than other grocery stores. And the winners are increasingly the ones that do it that way. And you know, millennial workers won't have it any, any other way, and increasingly consumers are even beginning to vote with their pocketbooks. So I couldn't be more excited about this. I, I, we sometimes joke that uh, we can save running around the world uh, sort of preaching this because in the end a good capitalist is going to adopt that methodology which is most successful, right? And this is the most successful way of doing it, so I think it's going to happen anyway. Ah. And that... That surely and definitely will make the world a better place. Mm. So. 
So in, as our last question, you know, we have CEOs who are not familiar with conscious capitalism who are listening to this broadcast. What's one thought that you want to leave with them? Uh, I think um, I've, I've mentioned it a couple of times, but the, um, the shareholder supremacy model where uh, the shareholder is much, much more powerful and much, much uh, more important than all of the other stakeholders does not yield in the end, even in the medium term, even in the short to medium term, but not, not to the immediate term. That does not yield as much good for even the shareholder as the what we call the stakeholder model, uh, where you harmonize and balance, not balance, harmonize the um, interest of the employees, the, uh, the vendors, the community, the shareholders, all of the stakeholders. That results amazingly enough, and we're, we're, we're doing a better and better job of illustrating this statistically at, at, at business schools and, and elsewhere, that results in a better return for the shareholder. And of course it returns in a better, share, a, a better uh, a work environment and better everything for the employee and the vendor. I think my favorite thing in, in building the container store was creating win-win-win relationships with the vendors. There were just things of beauty, and, and it, it, we, made, we made so much money off of them, and they made so much money off of them, and it was so more, much more pleasant than laying awake at night trying to figure out how to screw around each other, you know? And um, so <clears throat> an easy way to think about conscious capitalism is that business, and for that matter life, are not zero-sum games. Somebody else doesn't have to lose in order for you to win. In fact, the people that are doing the best in business and in life are the ones that are creating win-win-win-win-win-win uh, uh, relationships. That's, that's joyful, and the synergies involved with that are also more profitable than the other way around. Um, back to uh, It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, everybody wanted to see George Bailey win in that town, didn't they? And they all came together in support of him. We joke that at the container store, our, our employees and our vendors and our uh, landlords uh, love us so much that they make it easier for us to win and be successful. We sometimes joke that even our bankers and lawyers want to see us win, and they're even, you know. So it's just, uh, it's just a better way of living life and a better way of doing business. And not every single time does it result financially in a, in a better company, but uh, most of the time it does. And, and doing it the other way doesn't result every single time in a company being successfully, uh, you know, financially successful as well. So um, business is not a zero-sum game, even though somebody may have told you that when you were growing up. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to, stay with, to talk with us on CEO Exclusive. 